Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Oh, I got a live one here. Ladies and gentlemen, hey! Welcome to another episode of another another tune in to uh, Spears Steinberg Jew Jerk. What is it you don't know by now? Uh, special guest today um, in the house. That's right, because in uh, his house. And when we're releasing this, uh, this is me coming off of. Greensboro, right? You're, yeah, it's gonna be after. Yeah, after. after yeah, yeah, me and Andy, we were not together in Greensboro, uh, but we're recording this early with a good comedic friend of mine. Um, so I don't have no tales for you about Greensboro, but it's the South. <laughs> so how fucking great could it be? God, I shit where I eat. Um, <laughs> Chris Porter, hello, my, my man. Chris Porter's with us. Um, very funny dude. Uh, you may have seen some of his comedy specials. Uh, uh, one was called uh, A Man from Kansas, which I believe is his most current. His first one was Ugly and Angry. And I think his middle one was called Lost and Alone. All on vinyl. All on vinyl, which is some cool shit. Because it's, it's old school, man. Chris Porter, how you doing, sir? Man, I'm good. I'm just enjoying. I'm ready for summer. Are you really ready ready for summer? Yeah, man. I'm just... I'm very fortunate in the fact that I work a lot, and uh-huh. summer we all slow down a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so I'm ready. Um, now, just to give you all a little bit of backstory, uh, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, one, Chris is from the great city of Kansas, right? Kansas City. Baby. Kansas City, baby. And I met Chris the first time I there was a club that used to be called Stanford & Sons, mm-hmm. run by Craig... Glazer, God rest his soul. He died. He died. Get the fuck out. Yeah, they're all all the Glazers are dead. No. Yeah, his brother too. Jeff, all three of them are gone. Okay, well here's what I'm gonna say, and God rest his soul, and no disrespect to the dead. This is news to me, but it's not news to me. Right? Yeah, it was like, oh, he's dead. Yeah, not surprised. Because if I know, if I think I what I knew about Craig was correct. He 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 uh he took part in a lot of shit, right? Yeah, he did. He lived the life. Wow, I did not know he that. He lived the cocaine stripper life there for we a go. long time. So I would imagine that uh, Stanford and Sons is no more. Are they carrying no, they, on? But they they closed right before he passed. 
Really? Yeah, they... So, Stanford's... When you and I met... And this is where I met Chris, incidentally. It was a club in Kansas City called Stanford and Sons. And at the time, uh, before they moved, the original location had to be in one of my most top five favorite places to perform. Not necessarily, even though it was part of it, the, the, the energy of the crowd. Yeah. But that area. For sure. Right where it was. Westport. Westport. The minute you walked out that door, potty time. Yeah, it was a bar district. It was, yes. And it was it was a lot of fun. And you're right. It was one of the greatest clubs to perform at. It was one of the few clubs back in the day you'd get 90 walk-ups. Right. Just all of a sudden. Right. Just people just like, ah, it rained, so right. we're going to show up. And it, and, it, and, it, and it really, once the show started, it really had an old school, 80s comedy. People were packed. You could smoke then. You could smoke you could then. smoke inside. Was, was that your homeroom? Is that, that where was, you started? That's where I started. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 and it was just... Low ceiling. Low ceiling. And it was and it was one of my first times really starting to do the road. For sure. And I remember you would tell a joke, and when it killed, it was... And it made you feel... Like a rock star. The only thing you said when you got off stage was, nigga, where's the cocaine? <laughs> it was a party, dude. And you were lucky because it was all over the place. <laughs> I, and thank God for me, I, I, I didn't partake then and I don't partake now. But but if if that was my scene, if it yeah. was if it was that old school, like when you look at some of those documentaries and you see some of those dingy places in Boston, yeah. some of those dingy places in New York where comics, you know, they made their bones for sure. Kansas had that club had that feeling. That club had it. And like I was so fortunate to come up in that environment cuz A it was awesome. Mm-hmm. But B they treated you so poorly, especially <laughs> as a local. Well, I never well I I, I surpassed that treatment. Yeah. I was ahead. But like when I would hit the road, right. I I was such a nice guy because I was just so used to being treated like shit that when I would go to another club and they would treat mm. you like a person but I'd be like, thank you so much. Right. And they'd be like, you're so so thankful. I'm like, well, you don't know where I've come from. But but now when you say that, is that from a, a feature position or a headliner? Because now you headline. I, it was just as an up-and-comer. You know, they, they definitely picked their – they had their golden boys. Yeah, folks, just so you know, a little history on, on what we do as comics. Uh, and again, this is not me being braggadocious, but I always say my story was different. Most comics come up – through the ranks from he- from uh, host to feature, and you earn your stripes to eventually become a headliner. I, I never did the road until I was automatically a headliner because because I was so young. Yeah. I just I was on TV and for that, eight years, and that's what makes you so annoying sometimes. To work <laughs> really, yeah, yeah, because you have no fucking clue what about we go the through. Struggle. Well, well, you know, <laughs> listen, man. Denzel uh, <laughs> once told me you don't have to be a killer to play a murderer. Uh, <laughs> So I don't have to be fucked in the ass to imagine being fucked in the ass is fucked up. For uh, sure. But I, I, listen, man, I, I know how some of these guys are. And I know if I wasn't a headliner, if I wasn't who I was, uh, I would get it too. But because, you know, when you're the main event yeah. and you put asses in the seats, you know, they have to they have to do a little dance with you. And, yeah. and you're headlining now. So you w- welcome to the, to the File My Club, nigga. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know what? I... I remember the first time we met because, like, uh, we just kind of got along. Right. And, uh, it, like, 
there was definitely like people saying before you got out there that like he doesn't get along with everybody. See, here we go. And the, uh, the bullshit legend continues. So, but when you came around, I was like, "Hey, man, what's up?" You're like, "What's up?" And like, I was like, "I don't know what everybody's talking about because this dude's cool as shit, dude." I remember one of the first jokes you did, uh, funny as fuck. And you you imitated. You took your shirt off. Yeah. And you got on the stool and you imitated the Greyhound. The Greyhound. Yeah. From the side of the Greyhound bus because you were so skinny and not like you're fat now. Yeah. But but you're an in shape skinny. I was. Yeah. Uh, but you was bones. Nigga. You was crack addict bones. Yeah. Like not eating. Right. Yeah. Right. And you and you got on a stool and and you know you imitated the doggy style position to imitate the dog, but you yeah. sucked in your. Your your gut and you saw you didn't every have, one of my ribs and all of your ribs and it was it was a hilarious visual. Um, so the you want to hear a funny story about that was so at the time I was living in Midtown Kansas City we called it the suburbs of the ghetto, like <laughs> you could walk around but like you didn't want to walk too far mm-hmm. and we'd have like crackheads come to our door with like a microwave and an aspirin going I'll sell these both to you for ten dollars <laughs> like and uh, so me and my roommate Justin Leon were. Sitting out, it was four in the morning. We're right. out on the stoop smoking a blunt, and our buddy Johnny O just happens to walk by. We're like, "Are we high?" Like, mm. what? Johnny, is that you? And he's like, "What the fuck?" So we started talking about dogs that we because he was walking. Johnny was a big six two, three hundred pound black guy walking this little lasso opso, mm. and he was just talking about how the dog didn't fit him, like his body type. Right. And so he was like, and so we we're all joking about what dogs we should have, and they're like, Porter should have a greyhound, and I'm uh. like, fuck you, <laughs> blah blah blah. So a week later, I was getting ready in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I was getting out of the shower, <laughs> and I went to reach across the bed to grab something, <laughs> and I looked in the mirror, and I was like, God damn it, I look like a greyhound. Nice. And that's how it started. Nice. And you know, I, I got to tell you, uh, I got to give Chris a big thank you because. He actually put me on to one of my first favorite shows. Um, you know, I, I tell people I don't have many favorite shows. I, Sopranos, Sex in the City, Power, uh, Real Time with Bill Maher, and Family Guy. Oh, yeah, man. Chris put me on the Family Guy, man. I remember, I forget, uh, I think I might have came to your hotel room or wherever you were staying. Yeah. And uh, you were like, man, you got to see this fucking cartoon. It's fucking hilarious. And uh family guy became one of my top my top shows after that so it's a, it's a good one yeah. especially those first seven seasons are yeah, yeah 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 uh so uh big kudos to you for that um i want to get back to craig for a second okay uh because 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 craig like like uh people often talk about barry cats yeah and for a guy not to be a comedian and i'm not saying he's funny but more, more of a for a guy not to be famous he was such a character and and Barry Katz used to manage Dave Chappelle for the people that don't know, Dave Chappelle, um, Jay Moore, uh, and up until recently Frank Caliendo, and everybody kind of does a semi, hey man Barry, yeah Barry impression because some of the things he says and does, and I always said another character was was Craig, for sure, you, you know hey you know he had that gravelly voice and he he was such a pusher of the product he, For sure. he, he, he to, to, to the point where it was overkill like every time i would go do morning radio he would always and i would i would pull him aside and go, go craig man do me a favor stop telling people the djs and shit that i'm i'm the, either the next eddie murphy or i, I should have been 
the next Eddie Murphy. Just, <laughs> just let me go off my own merit, nigga. Yeah. And he, and he would go, no, I won't do that. I, if I do that, bother you. Uh, I would never do that, man. But now I know, so I won't do it. Yeah. Cut to, we're at the radio station. We're not even two minutes into the interview. You know, Aries is going to be the next Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Or he was supposed to be. <laughs> and then I, finally, I would, after the shit was over, I, I would pull him aside and go, Grip, what did we talk about? Nice, good pause. So you mad? You know, so it's just he was like the Donald Trump of comedy club. Yeah, man, he would just talk shit until you gave in. <laughs> like he just be like, whoa, 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 whoa. and he'd do it for fifteen minutes till you're like, you know what, fuck it, Craig, whatever. Like I just want this conversation to end. You, you know, you you would almost be, and again, you probably know more than I do because you know that was your home base. Um, but you know, as comics, we always worry about shiesty club managers and being duped our money and con jobs and uh, you know i'm happy to say he never fucked with me he never conned me he was always straight up and honest yeah um but you know i, I don't know if part of that was because you know maybe i scared him you know he didn't, he didn't, he didn't so. want to uh but i remember this uh one time i flew this porn star out her name was ashley evans from florida man brunette big tits and she was one of those porn stars that was it trying to hide the fact she did porn? Yeah. So when she showed up to the club that night, she, she had, had like a, DVDs and shit. No, 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 no. Up. But oh. she had an outfit on where it's like, why even have on a shirt, bitch? Yeah. Everything. Yeah, the sure. areolas showing. Yeah. The, 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 and she had huge triple Ds. And I remember uh, Craig did everything in his power to get her to while I'm on stage to go back to his office and do some blow and suck his dick. Yeah. And 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 because because several times. I was on stage and I'm noticing him constantly trying to talk to her, and I'm not gonna fuck up my craft to you know For some sure. fucking porn bro. Middle of a joke, hey yeah, Craig, yeah, get yeah. The fuck up my girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it wasn't even my girl. It was just I wanted. I was gonna fuck that weekend. Yeah, yeah. So uh, afterwards, the show's over, and I get with Ashley. I'm like, what was that all about? Oh my god, he just kept trying to get me to go back to his his office and do blow off his dick. <laughs> and he wasn't even trying to be. Uh, 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 what's the subtle, word? Subtle about subtle it. Subtle about it. It, it, it was. It was just like, <laughs> hey, uh, fucking look good. Uh, you ever done blow off a dick? You know, it's it was just, it was just, it was just <laughs> Jesus. But that was Craig, man. Dude, he was the like of all the shit stories you hear about club owners in the eighties. He was all of them, and never changed. One, never, never changed. Uh, if you had an agent, your check was fine. If you did not have an agent. See, that's what I'm talking about. You, you know better than I gone. do. Right. Like your check. I know a guy uh, who got his check. It was $1,000 less than it was supposed to be. Oh, wow. And uh, so they're like, oh. And Jeff was there, the brother. Right. And Jeff was like, he was like, oh, let me go. Uh, let me go call Craig and ask him about it. Jeff just left. Really? And just. Left my friend there, and he was finally the bartender came up to him. He's like, "What are you waiting for?" He's like, "Oh, I'm just waiting for Jeff to get back." And he's like, "Oh, he left 25 minutes ago." And See, I, I, I'm I'm sorry, brother. My heart mourns for y'all because sure. again, I I just I never had to endure that. Yeah. Uh, and 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 when you say it, it ain't like you go no. Because you go that seems like great. Yeah, that's even right though he point. never did it to me. Yeah. So Jesus, but Christ. yeah, he got uh. So that club closed, 
And then they had a club out south, and then that club moved around like four times. Dude, once they clo- once they closed that club, because when it closed, over. I did the the newer one. Yeah, and wasn't it out by like a racetrack or some amusement? Okay, yeah, that was that was the third one that was out. Oh, by a so I ne- okay, right? Because there cause, was the one behind the Hooters. Oh, I never did that oh, one. Oh, okay. Okay, I did the one by the racetrack, and it was one of those things where you almost felt like it was it was uh cl- what was it Club Fifty Four. Once it Studio closed, 54. Studio 54, once it closed and it was closed for a while and then they reopened it, the magic was gone. For sure. It just, I, I went and did the club and I was just like, and the turnout was cool. And I just went, it felt a million miles away from Westport. Yeah. Like, it, it, the energy was different. The, there was no nightlife. The club didn't have that, that, that 80s. The magic was gone, man. Yeah. You know, so and then from there, I just started doing uh, the improvs in Kansas City. It went from, I mean, and that's what happens when you go from a bar district to a shopping district. Like yeah. All the magic gets gone. Yeah. you don't have that, this like, we're out, we're having a good time, this right. is a party, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like, when you're next to a P.F. Chang's, which, you know, a lot of these places are now, like, the crowds are fine, but they're not that fucking hot-ass right. Westport. And then you also knew, particularly because at Westport, uh... The moment you walked up the steps and went in, it was the bar, yeah. and then next to that was the club, where yeah. they played music and shit, and they had a couple of pool tables, and then upstairs from that was the comedy club. So once the show was over, then the club scene started taking over in the club, and you know, that's when it got, like, a little niggerish. It got sketchy. It, it, it got sketchy. <laughs> yeah. Ske- uh, niggerish is the new sketchy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's when you kind of took your life in your hands, but until it, it, it never got too rowdy but there would be some instances where you yeah, might you inside know. the club you were fine right uh the problem was especially about the time you and i met that club would let out about the time the country bar would let out right and that was also during the time where they would allow like a lot of kids just to hang out on the streets like a lot of 17 18 year old kids right. that couldn't get in the club were literally just hanging out on the streets so now do the math here uh 17 year old black kids hanging out and a bunch of drunk-ass rednecks. Country rednecks. And, and then the civilized people, but who like to party, too. Yeah. So it was, it was, a, it, it was a, a mixture for something toxic. And it, and it got to a point, like, it, it got to a point during one summer in, like, 2000, 2001, where cops would just show up at 1.30 in the morning and just start throwing pepper spray. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, like, I would always be out before then, because as a general rule, uh, I never wanted to stay towards 2 a.m. You know, if I ain't if I ain't got no pussy lined up, then yeah. I call it a day. You could feel it, though. Like, you could definitely feel the tension rise. Like the racial tension? Like, we need about- to get the fuck out of here. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, uh, but, man, that being said, those were some of the f- most fun times of my entire life. Let me ask you, do you remember the name of the bartender that worked there? When, after a while, she quit. But when I first got there, she worked there. Blonde girl, long hair, and the biggest, prettiest calves and heels when she wore heels. I don't. Her know. legs were immaculate. Uh, no. I mean, you don't I, remember who I'm talking about. I don't remember that chick. I mean, unless you're talking about Jennifer. Jennifer! Okay, well, I got more bad news for you. Oh, no, no. Okay, before you get to the bad news, let's, let's make it nice. All right. 
Yo, and I'm message to the black bras. Yeah. You, you know how we do. She was killing it. She, legs thick as a fucking baby mule, nigga. And I remember uh, when I first got there, I just kept saying to myself, if this girl ever gives me a shot at some of this pussy, yeah. I'm taking it. And, you know, we kind of did the flirty thing a little bit, but I never thought past. I think my second time there, she let it be known. And I remember, dude, at, and, and they, they used to put us at the same hotel all the time. I can't remember that the name. Holiday Inn Express? No, 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 no. This no, was some the... nice shit. This oh, was okay. Some... Chris, oh, the Raphael. Sir, I'm... No, that's, this, sir. That's right. I'm Aries Spears. Goddamn right you are. Uh, Start started as a headliner, please. The Raphael. Uh, that even sounds like it comes with cheese and caviar. The Raphael. <laughs> and I remember, really I remember she came to the Raphael, and I said, hey, yo, I... She came to the room, and I was like, yo, I'll be right back. I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. Dude, when I came back out, butt naked, on her stomach, legs spread. Now, what's the bad news? What's the bad? Well, hold on. I just want to make sure this is her. Oh, God, them calves, nigga. The bad news is you have to go to the doctor immediately. Well, no, that was so long ago. (laughs) That would have been found out. Hold on. Let Let me get there. Yeah, you might have a picture. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. All right, is that her? Pass me that phone, Andy. Bing fucking go. Yeah. So, unfortunately, she no. got ALS. What's ALS? Lou Gehrig's disease. disease. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and she passed last year. Are you serious? Dead serious, man. She, uh... Yeah, we went and did, like, a whole, like, uh... Benefit show for and stuff, and yeah, she just she got it. And Maybe that place was haunted, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's a big bummer. But uh, wow. yeah, she was she. But you know what? She so Craig banned me for years. Why? Because I got successful and didn't take him with me. Beautiful. And uh, I got successful. I had a gig booked at Stanford's, uh, for, and then li- I got last comic standing, and, uh, sorry, uh, fucking, I got last comic standing, and then the improvs called, and they're like, hey, you c- we know Stanford's is your home club, mm. but we have 35 clubs, and uh, we just like you to work our club first, and then you can work Stanford's, and so we called Craig, and we're like, hey, man. Business is business. Sorry, you're not good at franchising, but uh, we gotta we gotta do what we gotta do here. And Craig just went fuck you, fuck him. We'll never see him again. And so, like, I gave it like a year and a half for him, like, get over it. And I just showed up to the club one night. And he still. And they they said you're not welcome here. You know, it's, it's so funny. It's almost like these some of these club. You know. It, how long have you been doing the road now? Uh, 15, 14, 16 years. Headlining. 12. Okay. And tell me if I'm wrong, but out of all those clubs and all those managers and owners, it's only a handful that get it. It's only a handful. You could count on one hand how many give a shit. Yeah. How many go, you know, because at the end of the day, so many of these guys are just like, I don't give a fuck about the comics, the accommodations, you know, doing business right, having people in the room to make sure that there's crowd control and hecklers are being silent. Most motherfuckers don't give a shit. And there's only a handful of guys that do. 
this whole idea, like it's slave mentality, like you, I own you. Yeah. How dare you do another room? Like it's yeah. ridiculous. That, oh, yeah. and they, But I also feel like that's one of the benefits of this corporatization of comedy right now where it's like these giant chains is like especially like the levity lives in these places they like right. they kind of pride themselves on having security and making sure you're taken care of right it's not until you get into the weird like and, and this is what fucked is fucked up it's not until you get into the c rooms the clubs that actually need you right that you start dealing with that shit right and it's like no man i don't need this right like i was this is like the first year there's a, a band of clubs that I've been doing for years that, again, never treated me real well, never paid me real well. The accommodations were shit. The clubs weren't great. And then finally, I was just like, I don't have to do this shit anymore. Right. right. Like, I Finally, at that point where, sorry, Aries and I are super popular. Yeah, phones is going off Phones shit. is going off. This is Tuesday. This is business oh, comedy day. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um but yeah, so I've always that's the like I said, that's one of the good things about having these large chains is I feel like there is a little bit more pride to like our room's great, we right. treat you the best, isn't aren't our accommodations pretty great? And then it's not until you get into Gary's comedy hole where they're like, How come you don't like the travel lodge? Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I had three hookers approach my room last night and I'm out of money. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna bring a name up. Uh, local Kansas City made his bones at Stanford and Sons guy, uh, Steve Kramer. Yeah, we he's literally like my worst enemy. Well, before we dive into that, um, here's why I bring it up, and 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 to any would be comics out there, any you guys that want to do anything, where you know you're going to eventually have to face adversity, you got to take your knocks, um. I pride myself on anybody that could take the hits and keep moving forward, yeah. you know. Uh, and, 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 you know, I don't know exactly specifically what hits you've taken, but the fact that I know where you started, you on your first album, and, I, and when I first met you, you had the uh, 70s yeah. curly yeah. hair. I, I want to get into that, so don't, don't give up too much the, of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you've evolved to where you are now, Uh and you're still here. And when I say still here, I don't mean just doing stand-up, but you're here in L.A. And I tell people who ask me all the time, they go, yo, man, what do I got to do to get in the game? And how do I win? And you got to get off the bench, man. You can't sure. win the game sitting on the bench. And, and that means leave your city and move to Los Angeles. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a fight if you don't, especially if you don't know nobody and you got to start from scratch, get an apartment, you got to get a car, uh, it's it's rough, and yeah. and and so many dudes either are too scared to make the leap because they don't want to leave the comfort of the nest, yeah. or if they do make the leap and they face struggle, they end up going back home. For sure. Now look, man, Kramer's a nice dude, and and I know Kramer, and uh, he's done some shit for me here and there. I respect his talent. I legitimately like the dude, but he he. You know, he's back in Kansas City, yep. and, and he told me why he went back to Kansas City, and I just basically said, so you you giving up? Yeah. And he, in so many words, said, yes, I'm giving up. He couldn't take it. But also, it's like his path, and, and I shouldn't say that he's my worst enemy. I don't hate him. I don't really give a shit about him in any facet, 
It's just we've had our issues, and we'll, I'll get into that here in a second. But what happened – so basically I'll tell everybody – Kramer was just a feature act that was killing it in a, in Kansas City. Right. Never left, never did the road. Aries came into town, recognized his talent, said, I'm going to hook you up with my manager. His manager got him a show, and he was on it for six weeks, and the show got canceled, and then he spent – and by that time, he'd spent everything he'd had, and he moved back to Kansas City. And when he left, he kind of talked a bunch of shit on Kansas City Comedy. In a in a in the Kansas City paper, and then uh, he he tried to he tried like he took a he tried to take a week away from me at Stanford's because he didn't want me to open for him because he didn't want to follow me, and it was like the last week of the month, mm-hmm. so I was like, I grant I wasn't real smart with my money at the time because I was 24 or whatever but I was like oh I'll, I'll have this money at the end of the month that'll be my rent right Craig calls me on Tuesday says Kramer doesn't want to open for you and or doesn't want you to open for him because you're too strong so we're gonna cancel it and mm. I was like no nah, I need this money I've already and I had already passed on I'd been offered two gigs that week right. I'm like no nah, I'm staying home and making money cancel the gig and so I had to call Kramer and be like listen uh I'm going to do it this way. I'm on the road. I work. I know all these bookers that right. I work for. You don't. And uh, so you can either let me have this week. I was like, I'll, I'll take a step back. I'll show up high. <laughs> fucking, I'll let you have the show. I just need this money. Right. And I was like, so you can either let me have this week and I'll make it easy on you. Or you can not let me have this week. And I will tell every booker I know this story. And mm. let them make the phone, let them make the call on whether they want to work with you or not. Mm. Long story short, I got the week. Uh, so you so so you did open for him. I did open for him. I showed up. I fucking here's where it gets juicy. I took a dive. I let him have the week. So when you say you took a dive, what do you mean? I just didn't go for the kill. Oh, like I just went up there and kind of like lollygag. It was very. I call it an acoustic set. So he put his dick. A little in. A little in. He didn't go for full strokes. And I let him have his week and whatever. Turns out he probably wasn't making more than $100 more than I was. Right. Whatever. So uh, cut to uh, then he kind of did some shit to a buddy of mine. Basically same shit. Right. And uh, so then we got on like this. Fa- so then we had a Facebook battle. And uh, like it's just he's just one of those dudes that's like, man, I got no time for you. Right. Uh, but. Again, uh, his I get the understanding. Like I understand where he's coming. Like that'll fuck up your perspective right. when something's just handed to you. Right. Like that shit was just handed to Steve. I mean, he had to go in there and get the audition and right. book it, but everything else was just handed to that dude. Now, two things. One, again, to debunk the fucked up legend. Yeah. Aries Spears is not a bad guy, man. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? And I don't even remember. I, I didn't recall it till he said it. That is right. Yeah. I like Kramer. I called my manager up. I said, hey, man, there's this dude out of Kansas. Give him some shine. So for all the shit motherfuckers say, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. These are the people who do not 
really know me, and they go off assumption. But, yeah. but wait, wait a second though. What, what, what's this deal where you give you call your manager for somebody that you work with, and you get him something? Because I haven't seen that. Well, <laughs> what you're doing, what you're doing, hold up, what you're doing is going for comedy. See, folks, Andy is making an attempt that are funny because he knows damn well I've said to him a million times as, as he continues to tell me, no, I'm too old, I'm too Jewy, there's nothing out there for me, and I keep trying to push him to go, Andy, you are a white man in show business. There's always a place for you on the bus. Yeah. So let's clear that up right now. Andy's going for comedy. Secondly, um... Uh, fuck, I almost lost my point. Oh, the Chris Porter, uh, the, the, Steve the Steve Kramer shit. Um, this is why I tell you comics, man. I cannot overstate this. Get your ass on the road. Yeah. You guys that stay local, I don't care how much you kill it. It's easy to knock down shots in your own stadium, in your own gym. Yeah. It's not till you get into another arena where the temperature might not be as what you like. The booze is coming. The audience ain't for you. They don't get your you, local ass references. Your shot falls different when you're not at home. And you learn shit on the road through, through. again, to you comics who, who and I've said this on a podcast, stop paying for comedy classes. Oh, yeah. Any manager of a comedy club that goes, pay me a fee to teach you about something I've never done. Oh, yeah. He can't tell you about what it's like to, to deal with the drunk black bitch uh, from the ghetto in Detroit. He ain't yeah. going to be in. He don't know what that's like. He don't know what it's like to deal with the bachelorette party of four bitches that's drunk off their ass, sipping on uh, dick straws. And, you know, the things you learn on the road, d just, just different cultural, coastal things, uh, just just... It's a different world, man. For you, sure. you gotta you gotta get on the road to learn that. I don't care how much you rock at home. Talk to me when you rock in, in fucking El Paso, Texas. Yeah. And you your audience is predominantly Mexican. That's a great room though. Yeah. You can rock that room though. Yeah, I'm just, just you gotta you gotta you gotta switch it up, man. Well also and it's just like young comics like I remember when I was a feature act, you had no idea you were opening for. Right. You'd walk in and it would especially Nowadays, more people, I feel like 80% of the big headliners bring their own features. So, but, like, that wasn't the case when I was starting. It was more like maybe 30%. So do you bring your own feature now? Uh, not really. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll, uh, like, if they ask, I'll suggest people. But right. for the most part, I let, let them figure it out. Uh, just because I like, I mean, I was a road comic, so, like, right. I, I like to give people the opportunity. But also, it's like... I've also been burned doing that. Like, either sometimes you get some comic that doesn't, it's either exactly like you. Right. So there's no contrast. Right. Uh, or they're not funny. Right. And that's that's also a bummer. But, so, but if they're not funny, do, do you feel like it makes you have to do more or are you still going to do what you do? No, I just do what I, like, if anything, I just realize it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to basically be hosting for myself because I'm going to have to do, the first five is going to be me getting them back. Right. But I also feel like sometimes, most of the time, actually, like if the comic in front of you eats it pretty bad, the con the 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 audience is dying for comedy. So like as soon as you get up there and say one funny thing, they're like, ah! right, right, right. So so Aries, how did you feel in San Jose Sunday when I bombed before you so fucking hard? And you went out. Was it which one did you feel like you had to dig your way out of that of the shit that I left you, hey, or that they were dying for comedy? I, hey, listen, man. Uh, 
band of brothers, nigga. Uh, I felt I felt what you felt. Uh, I just the machine gun fire was just different, but, but I was still fired at. Um, it, it, listen, a sucky room is a sucky room. Um, but again, if you know, I, I think you're being hard on yourself because Atlanta, that was a bomb, nigga. <laughs> you didn't bomb in San Jose. You, you just, you know. Atlanta punchline? No. Uh, uh, uptown. 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 I went down in Uptown. I mean, hard. Yeah. <laughs> Since we're on that subject, um, you ever do predominantly black rooms? I mean, not. I mean, I play them like, I, I remember I played the Richmond Funny Bone and the manager goes, it was November, by the way. Right. And he goes, you're the second white person I've had this year. Okay. Uh, how'd you do? I do fine. Right. Because black folk, they just want you to be real. Right. And so, like, I just go up there. And real like, funny, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't help it. That was wide open. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I go up there, I do my thing. Like, I don't talk about race or politics. Right. I, like, all my shit's pretty universal. So, right. yeah, they're usually, I usually don't have any, like, I'm not scared of them by right. any stretch. And, like. I'm fine with it. But but if you, I, I mean, you might have just answered it, but if, if you had to really hone in and say what the specific difference was between black crowds and white crowds, what would you say it is? Just uh, a lack of, like, if they la- they're going to laugh if they're going to laugh. They're not going right. to laugh just to. There's no bullshit music. There's no bullshit is right. exactly what it yeah. is. Yeah. And so it's like. If they love you, they love you. And if you say someone they don't like, they're gonna let you know immediately. There's right. no like dead silence in a black room. Where there might be in a white room. In a white like if you said something fucked up, like it would just be like dead silence. But like in a black room, you say something fucked up, it'll be silent for a split second, and then some woman will go, uh uh-uh, uh. Right. Or right, some right, shit like right, that. Right. Or might even just tell you, that's fucked up. Right, right. Yeah. Black people are vocal. Hey, Very much so. You have that thing where you like to say, uh, White rooms give you credit for trying. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, perfect. yeah, yeah. No, I, I would say because uh, sometimes you know before I had a, a feature, you know, I would go do these rooms and whoever if the feature was you know some local white guy, and I just noticed the pattern where I go, uh, white people. I noticed as an audience, you guys applaud effort. Yeah, like if a comic don't really say nothing funny, but he put a lot of work in a joke, you know, he exuded a lot of energy, a, a, a profanity laced rant. Yeah, y'all go woo. Like yeah, niggas sure. don't give a fuck no. about effort. We want results. That's why there's no black people at a Dane Cook show. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I, so what's the what's the what's the Kansas City comedy scene like now? You know, I haven't been involved in it in such a long time. Like I go back, and it's you know Stanford's is done. The improv is still there. Have uh, you have you done the improv? Kansas yeah, I've been City? doing the improv ever since. It opened. See, and now let me go back to to this. Why is there? Because there is to me. Why is there a difference in the response and energy at where the improv is in Kansas City and where Westport was? So it's fucking night and day. I, it goes back to like again. We went from a happening bar district where everybody's having a good time right. and it's party central to you're across the street from the Sprint store, right? And it's like everything else is closed at nine, and your show doesn't there start till nine thirty. Yeah, right. Because dude, I, I I told Andy this, and I only did it once, and this is one of those big mysteries for me. Uh, there's two comedy clubs in Denver, the Comedy Works and the Improv. Yeah. The first time I ever did Comedy Works, and I and I said, dude. In my top five, yeah. it, that response was so powerful. I, 
I, at one point, I'm on the mic and I'm doing my thing, and during one of those big rah moments, I, I took the mic away from my mouth and I kind of talked to myself and I went, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, right? It was so. Um, but then you go do the improv in, in Denver. I hate it, man. It's, it's a one bummer. Of, I, it's a bummer, dude. Like that energy is just, and I'm just going, same city. Yeah. I know different location. How could it be that different? That again, it's like you're downtown. You're out. You're having that's, fun. That's what it is. I it's guess it's a thing. Like you're excited, and as opposed to I'm next to a Target, and and in the parking lot of a Bass Pro Shop. Like there's not. Dude, that I hype I, to I it. never thought about it like that. And yeah. now that you're saying it, I guess it does make sense because I wouldn't think that the difference between joy and pain is a Walmart versus a bar. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, that makes, I, Ask I hear anyone you. who shops at Walmart because they have to. Right. <laughs> right. Like a lot of us shop at Walmart, like when you and I go to Walmart because we just want to get some shit shorts. Right. That I'm going to fuck up. But there's a lot of people, man, that's where they shop because that's where they have to shop. That's life for them. That's life. And that's not a great life. Right. And so, like, you're going to get that not great reaction. Jesus. Well, and you feel the same way when you go to those clubs and you have to perform there. You're always bummed out after the show because there's nothing to do after the show. Well, here's here's a little bit of, of an exception to the rule. He just told me, you know, this weekend he's going to uh, Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Now that Columbus. Now that fucking Funny Bone is fucking dope. Probably, again, top five in the country. Right. But when when I when I name my favorite clubs, DC Improv. Yeah. Uh before it, it it's in it's being renovated now, but Fort Lauderdale Improv, uh Miami Improv. The old the old, the old Fort Lauderdale yeah. one that was in the hard rock. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, being remodeled. Was, yeah, that was fucking that, that weekend would take years off your life. Because oh. you do you do three shows on Saturday, be done at two, which is when some of the clubs opened. Right. By the way. Right. And then you'd go, you'd go drink at a club till like five. Everything was there. Everything. It was exciting. Uh, Gotham in New York. Oh fuck. Uh, I prefer Carolines, but I haven't done Carolines in so long. But yeah, the, the, uh, 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 Helium in Philly. Yes. Like like the major cities where it's a fucking city. There's 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 people. There's energy. Um, but yeah, every now and then, some of those smaller joints, you know, they they live up to the to the thing. But I feel like Columbus is like this mothership that every other one of the comedy club mall comedy clubs are trying to dote after. But you wouldn't think that it being Columbus, you would think sure. Cleveland. Yeah, since that's the city, that's the major. But again, like you go to Cleveland, where's the happening club at? Downtown, right next to the state, right next to the arena. Happen, ha- happening in Cleveland left when LeBron did. <laughs> Ain't shit in Cleveland. I don't know. OBJ. They got OBJ now. What's OBJ? Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know. I think the Browns, they're, they're not going to contend, but they're going to be fun to watch this year. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to put you on the spot because I know you 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 got, uh, you know, you you doing your thing. Oh, no. Pause. No, no. Because I, 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 I was going to ask. Um, like, I named my top five comedy clubs. Yeah. But then I have my top five worst. Yep. Uh, you don't have to No, I won't any. say them. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I have them. Uh, one of them's in a mall. <laughs> that could be several, but I got I you. I know. Uh, one of them's in a mall across from a Forever 21. Oh, okay, you. I don't know about that one. Oh, you do. I'll tell you. Okay, about it. all right. Uh, 
And then, and, but, and the thing about that club is the guy that runs it is a super nice guy. It always takes care of me, right. but it's like, yeah, the shows. Are what just, would you say is like one of the things that annoy you that you wish club owners or managers would do that they don't do? I wish if you had me come in on Wednesday night for Thursday press and there is no Thursday press, I think you should give me money. So, but why would they have you come in if there is none? Because what they do is they say that shit two weeks. You know, it's in the deal memo that you right. sign, you know, months out, be here Wednesday. Right. So then you book your flight a month out. And then two weeks before you get your advance and you're like, oh, they're like, oh, there's no press. We couldn't get your press on Thursday. It's like, mm. well, I already booked my flight. Right. Or, or sometimes it's not even till the day before where you're like, okay, I get in Wednesday night. And they're like, okay, well, we couldn't get you any Thursday press. It's like, well, that's one more night. I could have been at home right? and you're just kind of wasting my time. It just, just because of a lack of communication on your part. Right. Like, I think that's one thing that really gets on my nerves. And then the other thing is, uh, just give a shit. Like there are managers <laughs> that are there and are in it and fucking are like, you don't have to look for them. Right. And then there's managers where you're like, Hey, where the fuck is this dude? I'm having to deal with, a loud person and you're nowhere to be found. Right. Or I got some waiter that's talking way too fucking loud. Right. Uh, that the, the club that I mentioned, the mall club, yeah. like I went up to the manager at the end of the end, end of the week. I go, you have the loudest staff I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. And, uh, then cat Williams a week later on stage told the staff to shut the fuck up. Dude, you know, it's crazy. It, it's, it's almost like you, you feel better. When you hear these stories, because yeah. you go, okay, these are the comedy comrade stories. Yeah, and it's because also you think, like you think it's just you. You, yeah. you think it's just you. I, I would sit there and go, am I am I being like petty? Am I fucked up? Because one of the things I hate is like sometimes I, I I'll tell Andy, dude. Sometimes I wish I could go middle and you go last, just because. That's the sweet spot Fuck yeah, where they ain't dropping checks. Because nope. sometimes when they drop checks, I, I swear to God, I think, am I being paranoid? But it feels like when you're standing up yeah. and, and near the front of the stage, you, it's a distraction to, to the people around because you're up. So sometimes it feels like you lose the audience for that second. And I just want to go, kneel the fuck down. Yeah. Come down to their level for sure. so that you blend in. I don't like when they drop checks because that's when people stop paying attention to figure out their bills, and I can feel where I'm losing the crowd. I have I've, the thing. I've, as soon as the checks drop, the show stops. Mm. I go, "Oh, you guys getting your checks?" And I have a couple of check drop jokes that I, I do. do t- yes, and then I do, and then I pitch my merch, and then I do a Q oh, and I like that pitch your merch at that point. Pitch my because they got their money out. Uh, you see how you think like a white man there's advantages to thinking like white men niggas stop holding stacks of money up to your ears like their cell phones and spreading them apart for the cameras like a deck of cards and think like a white guy go ahead so they got the money so and also like i go hey you're not paying attention right you're figuring out who had the fourth captain and coke i'm not wasting good jokes on this so here's some shit uh i do some jokes about how my show used to be on netflix and now it's not and then I do a couple of Aunt Becky jokes because they're relevant. And then, uh, and then I pitch the merch. And then I do a Q&A, like a three-question Q&A. Sometimes people ask questions. Sometimes I'll be like, you got any questions? No one says shit. 
And I just move the fuck on. And that's just to fill the time. That's just to fill the time. Yeah. And then it's like, once I, once I see the cards on the thing and right. they're at the front of the table, move into the last 15 minutes and let's get the fuck out. Because I used to compare it to, uh, and, I, and, and again, uh, to, to show that I'm not just, my, I'm thinking my situation is unique. Uh, when you said it, you hit it right on the head. I got those kinds of jokes. Now, I don't have jokes. I just got a joke that I'll do when the checks drop because it's geared towards purposely making the audience come back. Yeah. And and I, I would I remember I was watching one of those sports. Uh, I think it was Sports Century. Uh, and I'm a, a Muhammad Ali fanatic. And they were doing a Sports Century episode on Muhammad Ali. And one of the, the commentators said one of the great things about Ali was uh, he, he didn't just know when he was losing the fight. He knew when he was losing the crowd. So to get him back... He'd do a little Ali shuffle. Yeah, yeah. And it made him go, ah! And he had their attention again. Yeah. So I would often look at that joke as the Ali shuffle. Like, okay, so my is just dropping checks. I can feel the energy shifting. I can feel the laughter dying. Put in this joke. Get him right back. And now we can get right back in rhythm. So, and again, people, that's something you don't learn on, on, on being at home. Yeah. You got to be on the road. And it's also, it's... uh. And I mean this in like the nicest way possible because I, I just mean it in more of like a directional thing. But people are sheep. And so like I feel like if you acknowledge – like when I pitch my merch, if I say – if I and it's so weird because I noticed this the other night because I didn't say it. If I say, hey, y'all don't have to buy anything. Just don't not look at me like I'm handing out credit card applications. <laughs> right, right. Just walk by and say hello. Right. It's cool. They do. They walk by. They're like, oh, hey, thanks for coming, blah, blah, blah. If I don't say that, yeah. they just walk by and try not to look at me. Like y'all didn't just get done having great sex. Right. They're just like, they just walk by and you're like, oh, it's because they feel weird because they're not going to buy anything. Right. And so they don't want to look at me. But if you acknowledge it, just like with the checks, if right. you acknowledge what's happening, right. the people, it just releases that tension. And so I just, so that's why if you acknowledge that the checks are out and that they're distracted. Then that, like you said, it brings them back that much quicker. Right. Um, I want to switch gears for a second. Uh, uh, so we don't just eat up all the time. Just before, about just before yeah. you go too far though, I just would like to know when you said that about my position on the show, I'd like uh -huh. everybody to know that I do the host and feature set. Yeah. So, oh, you do a two man. Yeah. So I put up with all the taking the orders, getting yeah. the drinks, the the whole I'm not comfortable. The late people coming in. Yeah. It's not as sweet as the. I just didn't want any feature out there to hear that I have this. Uh, it's I, I do have a I do have a little bit extra that goes into the into that sauce for sure. And and I. Now, when you do that, do you do like a five-minute kind of warm-up thing before no. you go into your actual set? No, I don't. I, I, I come out. I have, I have an opening joke, two opening jokes that I do just to soften the audience up. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, I'm go, I go. And if, if it works, it works. Uh, sometimes it can be a rough five minutes, but yeah. it's usually no more than, than three or four minutes that I put into the beginning. For sure. Yeah, I know when I, every night when I go up, my first five is usually local jokes. Uh just stuff I've noticed around. It just kind of. I love to do. I love to do that. It, may, it makes them feel like, oh yeah, you 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 paid attention. Yeah to where yeah. You're you're like you know he's here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a joke about where I'm from. Yeah. Um. You deal with hecklers a lot. Do you? Yeah, but I've taken a new over the last two years. I do this thing where I don't. I just try to be respectful. 
I don't make fun of them. I don't call them names. I mean, I do make fun of them, but usually what I do is just acknowledge. Like, usually they yell something out they think is funny, right. and it's not. And I'll just wait, and I'll go, you thought that was going to be really funny, didn't you? Mm. And they're like, and I go, you thought? I go, this is what you thought. You thought you were going to say that. We were going to laugh so hard that we were going <laughs> to carry you out of this place right. and buy you drinks all night. Right. But it didn't. It's not, it wasn't funny, and now it's just super hot in here for you, isn't it? So, but there is a part of you that feels like, you know, you don't want to be mean. Yeah, I just feel like, and it's me personally, I, I, don't, I don't suggest other comics do that. I just feel like, just because, like, I just feel like we're judged on our own actions, not the actions of others. So it's like, if you're going to be disrespectful, then I'm going to be ultra respectful. Oh, that's sweet. Let me tell you, folks, I have the uh, eight soda cans and a pillowcase approach uh, from the movie Bad Boys. <laughs> Just beating the fuck out. Just, I'm going to bash you. You try to interrupt my show and disrespect my shit. I'm going to load up. And I'm not even going to hit you when you awake and see it coming. I'm going to wait till you sleeping. Yeah. And catch you in the face like Mel Gibson and Braveheart when he rode in with the horse. I forget what they call the weapon with the ball and chain. Oh, it's a mace. A mace. And to your fucking dome. <laughs> and now I can get there. Yeah. I'll give you two chances. <laughs> that was the Kansas in him. <laughs> I'll give two you two chances, chances, but then it's on. Right. Because, yeah, the first time everyone fucks up, everyone right. thinks they're funny. And I also say, you know, this is the only live performance where shit try where people try to add shit. Right. Like, no one shows up to a rock club with a guitar and an amplifier. <laughs> so I'm like, why are you trying to add shit here? And, uh, but yeah, if you keep talking, I'll, yeah, then I will get personal and I will make fun of you and you will cry. Dude, that's like, if, if, if to piggyback on what you just said, it's like, as a dude, I would even be nervous if I was with a chick, especially if it was like, you know, first or second date. Are you trying? Because I've had dudes do this. When you yell out to the comic who's a professional, are you doing that because you think that if you say something so funny, you up your chances of getting laid? Because there's nothing worse than if you do that and it bombs. And then, like you said, you call them on their bomb and go, did you think that was going to be funny? I would think that the pussy would dry up so fast because now she knows, yeah, I'm with the lame who thought he was funny. Yeah, I think it's small man's complex. I think it's like they see this girl laughing at a dude really hard that's not them, and they feel like they have to claim the alpha Wow, I never position. thought of it that way. But and so they got Because I had a guy in San Antonio at that LOL club, which is only open because the owner has a billion dollars. Like In the mall, right? No, that's the, that's that's the, the one in the mall, right? That's the one next to the uh, yeah. little... It's kind of a mall. The giant box. The giant it's, box. It's got like. It's not the other one with the beads on the on the on the wall, is it? No, it's that one. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah, the, the one, one that's the one in the Alamo the draft jokes. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that one. Yeah, yeah. That's so, but a good one. like, there's no one ever there. It's like, well, at least for me, there's right. like twelve to forty people every night. There's well, no press. Even if right. there's two hundred people in there, it looks pretty fucking empty because yeah, it's the it's shape a giant of a, of, a, of a shipping right. container space. Yeah, so, uh, I was doing a show there, and there's literally like twelve, like. I remember one week I would I did a week there and every night I would Instagram live my sets and there would be twice as many people on Instagram than would actually be in the room. Right. And uh, but anyway, I'm doing the show. This guy's got this arm around this girl, and every time I would make a joke, he'd kind of lean over and say something to her, like whisper in her ear. Yeah, and it was fine to the point where you could hear it. Or no, 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 no. no. But 
And it was like, I was fine. He wasn't distracting me. But what I did notice is that the girl kept getting further and further away from him. And I realized about 20 minutes in, I'm like, oh, he's tagging every one of my jokes with his own little joke. And he's, and he's fucking not killing it. And so I get, it gets to the point where she's leaning forward on the table and he's having to like lean like a good two feet just to get into her ear. And I just stop the show and I go, Hey man, I just want you to know you're not you're not fucking up the show. You're not distracting right. me in any way. But I've just kind of been observing what's been going on, and I go, I go. I just get this feeling every time I make a joke. You're kind of saying something you think's funny into her ear, and he's and he kind of nods. And I was like, Yeah, I don't think she's digging it. Oh. And he goes, Why? I go, Well, do you notice how she was right next to you when I started, and now oh, she's as hilarious. far away from you as she can possibly be? And she looked over at him and nodded. You know you could have fucked her that night. And I was like, hey, man. <laughs> so check this out. I go, hey, man, just chill out. Don't say a word. Just be quiet the rest of the show. I swear to God, I'll get you laid. And she even kind of looked back and nodded. Let me, and, let me go back to what Chris just quickly s- skimmed over. Chris, you know you could have fucked her. Right? I could have fucked that. <laughs> okay. I'm, but I, again, I'm a helper. I try to help people. And so I'm like, just shut up. I'll try to get you laid. He said, to, and he, you saw the first time I did a joke, he went to say something and he stopped himself. Right. He did that like three more times and then finally said one more thing and the girl got up and fucking left, Jeez. called an Uber and was gone. Wow. Yo, let me tell you something, folks. Uh, when it comes to this comedy thing, uh, we got this. Yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. need no help. That would be like, it's, it's almost like doing this stand-up shit is like sex. We don't need no help. We got this. Yeah. That would be like if Chris was in some pussy, right? In the, mis- in the missionary position. And he's stroking and he's killing it. But for some reason, I feel the need to walk up behind him and place one hand on each ass cheek and push him into his strokes. <laughs> he don't need no help. He got the strokes, nigga. Yeah. We got this. And as a matter of fact, you just made shit weird. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. He, But see, he uses his comedy superpowers for other people's good. Did you hear him? That was did, beautiful. Did, you only use your comedy superpowers for Aries. No. Uh, the gift in and of itself... <laughs> Is giving laughter to an audience. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So using my superpowers okay. the right way. Not okay. to mention the lesson he would teach, teach the people. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I'm, I'm just making. I'm just sure saying that, the byproduct. Right. You're, if, t- you're taking advantage of the byproduct. Absolutely. But if you're gonna play the villain, uh, I'm gonna destroy you. <laughs> uh, let's talk weed for a minute before we're done. Okay. You are a smoker like I. Yeah, I do. I do smoke quite a bit. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to cut back a little bit. How long you been smoking? <sighs> 20 years? No, no, that's not right. Yeah, 20 years. Ever gone on stage high? Uh, it's a prerequisite. You can do that? It's not like I used to. I used to be the guy that was like literally, <laughs> they're calling my name, hold this. God, dude, uh, I, I envy you. But I wish I could do that. I can't do it anymore, and I, could, and I don't think I could do it at the time. I just did it. And sometimes it worked out great. Sometimes it didn't no, work no, out when so you, when, you, when you say work out great, because I, I find like, when I smoke weed and I play my my thing is and we talked about this before we got on the podcast. Uh, I don't smoke on the road. That's my rule. Okay. People offer me weed all the time, blunts and all this weed and joints and all this shit, and I give it to the staff only because um, I have to be in a mode. I don't like to move. I get paranoid. I like to smoke my weed, sit in my theater room, and play PlayStation. Yeah. And for some reason, when I'm high. I'm better at the game. It's like a, a dimension opens up where I see deeper. and But I'll sit there and I'll be playing my game and I'll just go over some of my jokes, go over some shits in, in my head, 
And there are times when I feel like I'm in a zone where I come up with funnier shit. Um, did you feel like that was the case? Yeah, but it was like more of just like finding a rhythm. Right. Uh, like it would it would settle me down and kind of put me into a groove. And then sometimes it would like sometimes I'd get up there, I'd be too high and I'd get paranoid or I'd hear someone go, he's high. And then it would. Like, but did, it would did, did, did you really hear someone say that? Oh, it was absolutely. Your head. I heard that a whole bunch of times. Oh, like, it you got to the high, point where I'd, like, I'd walk on stage and you just hear someone, he's high as fuck. Oh, yeah, then you were high, nigga. And then I was high. Right. And so now, especially uh, the last year or so, I'll, I'll puff right before I leave the hotel. And that just kind of gets me through getting to the club sitting through the other acts and then about the time i'm ready to go on stage you're I'm, right where you need I'm to right be right where i need to be i don't do the thing anymore where i and then sometimes if the hotel's close i'll go puff in between shows especially the late show because those people are fucked up anyway oh god i wish i could do that uh but uh and then so what i'm trying to do more now when i'm home is not smoke during the day and that's just it's just if anything else just a contrast just to have mm. some contrast in life. I, I met Chris, though, in, in Phoenix. We used to have a club there called uh, Stand Up Scottsdale. Mm. And the dude who owned it would put up like four or five acts before you. <laughs> and, uh, and and himself would take uh, whatever amount of time. But I would, he would stay outside. He would watch some of them. But then he would go outside and smoke. And he would smoke out all the comics who were going to be on the show with mm. him. And I watched these guys drop. Like, people couldn't even... They couldn't stand out there... Just for their amount of time, yeah, you would stand out there the whole. That would take like forty five minutes before you ever even came up, yeah, and you would smoke that whole time. I'm really good at it. And these people were dropping like they could. They they come in, they were so high, they go like I can't even go up. Sometimes people wouldn't even go up after they he smoked right. them out, and then he would go up on stage and just fucking rip the room, for, yeah, see, for an I, hour and something. And yeah, I, was, I, I think there's a. I do believe there's a sweet spot. There is where you know if you're too high, you can't function for sure. But if you're not high enough. You're not in in that in that extra gear. Yeah. But in that sweet spot, it's like the Matrix, man. You 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 dodging bullets. Yeah, I feel like if you don't smoke, at least, at least for me, if I haven't smoked, I'm on top of myself, like I'm way in front of it. Right. Like I'm, I'll be like, and that's when the guy said, blah, blah, blah. like 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 right. just so like not giving it the time it needs. Right. Uh, but yeah, also it's like I've noticed. Again, like you said, you get too high, you forget words, you forget what the fuck. Like, right. there's been a few times, like, I've done a joke and literally my mind is gone. And wow. I'll be like, what the fuck is next? Dude, there have been times when I've been completely sober and I've had a Frank Sinatra moment <laughs> and I forget the lyrics. Yeah. And I, and I go, oh, shit. Uh, and this, again, folks, I, I, I don't mean to keep beating a dead horse here, but again, the great comics. You got to have a lot of facets to your game. Don't, don't, if the audience, you might panic, but the audience don't know you panicking unless you let them see you panic. So even when you blank out, you go, okay, crowd work. Yeah. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. And about after eight Mississippis of crowd work, you, you right back in pocket. Yeah. And, and, and the audience don't know, they, they, you, they, they don't see a hitch. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I that's what I have to tell a lot of young comics is like they're like, Oh, I can't fuck this joke up. I gotta get it just right. I'm like, the audience doesn't know how the joke goes. Right. So you just tell the joke if that's and that's how it goes that night. Right. Like the audience doesn't know the words. So it's not like a song. 
Right, right, right. Where they're right. like, oh, you went to a different chord. That's not right. where that goes. Right. Like, even if you don't know music, like, you know when they fuck up a right. song. Right. But they don't know. I mean, lately I've been doing, uh, the last 10 minutes, I've been doing, like, old jokes that people want to hear. Yeah. And uh, those jokes you got to get right or immediately right. they know. But uh, all the stuff that you're just doing off the top that they haven't heard yet, it's like, it doesn't matter how you do it because they don't know how it goes. You getting, you getting, you getting comedy groupies? Uh, you know, here and there. Are you, are you with somebody? No, I was, I was dating a chick for a hot second, but, uh. You're single? Yeah. Okay. Uh, when you've gotten comedy groupies, were you single? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Did yeah. you take advantage of it? Yeah, I did. Oh, I still it's sweet. do. It's it very sweet. nice. It's not like it used to be. Like, again, when you move clubs to malls and shit, like, that, they're not as easy as they once were. Well, I find mall pussy is way easier than street pussy. Oh, really? Yeah, you know. I I have a trouble getting them out of the Claire's. <laughs> Claire's. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh well shit, man. Uh I think we uh I yeah, think I, I got a, I got a couple. I got to get these in. Okay. I well, got to get these in. It won't take long cuz okay, when I met when I met him, you brought up his 70s kind of yeah. hair. Late later early 80s, 70s. Yeah. Hair. People call it a Jufro. Jufro. Yeah. And I and I uh I'm a little older than you. Yeah. Well, I'm a lot older than you. But uh, I'm still trying to hold on here. And you, you made a commitment because that was your look. That was my look for a long time. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, my own look changed just piece by piece. Like, the bell bottoms it was just getting old. Like, they're expensive to make. Uh, people weren't really getting it. They, they didn't think I was trying to be a hippie. They just thought I was fucking stealing my sister's jeans. Hmm. And, and then... They re-released the Jordan 5s that I wanted as a kid. And I was like, I got money. I'm getting these Jordans. Mm. And then once that started, it was over. I was like, well, I can't wear bell bottoms with Jordans. Jordans. And so that changed. And then I was like, and I was getting tired of the hair. That hair was fuck. Like, you know, like you don't do it. You just wet it and hope for the, the best. best. That's what I, yeah. And so like, I just got, I got tired of it. So I just buzzed it. And but uh, I didn't even recognize you when I saw you. I, I like you were. I remember. I, I remember this completely. You were at stand uh, again, stand up uh, Scottsdale. Yeah. You were sitting at a table. You looked over. I go, who is that guy? He looks familiar. And it took me a good five minutes to re- figure out that it was you, dude. I walked up to Courtney Sherman at the comedy store the day I got my hair cut. I was like, "What's up, Courtney?" And she gave me the dirtiest fucking look. Like, get the fuck away from me, you weirdo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay." And I walked away. <coughs> she comes running after me, like I didn't know that was you. Dude, when you you know when you had the curly hair, man, you you just that, I wish people could see that album cover. It just looked like you had a a really cool van with a lot of great drugs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you had a great record collection. Yeah, it was great for dudes. Right. Was, yeah, it, chicks did not have want anything to do with that. They really? didn't feel that boogie nights look. No, that you had like going? and the girls that did were fucking sixty. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. They're, they're like, you like the Almond Brothers? You were, I'm like, fuck yeah. And you're like, I fucked three of them. Like, god damn it. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> So should I should I just do I need to end this man? Man, it's your it's your. Journey, I know, bro. but 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 dude, I it's empty in the back. It's like if all you, disappearing. If you cut that hair, you got to cut the beard. Like otherwise, you're gonna be fucking uh, sons of anarchy. Arky, yeah, yeah. Oh I, I'm having I'm having some trouble trying to to come to grips with. I mean, you got this. a good look. It's that fucking homeless, got, the Lord of the Rings <laughs> guy. Just fuck, especially in a, especially in New York, you're gonna kill it. 
Uh, I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I like you said, though. Looks like he works in the Diamond District. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's. This is a wet it and and hope for the best look. That's for it. Sure. You're right. So that that's it. I also wanted to ask you though because uh, you did uh, last comic standing. I did. Was that a big? Did that open up, or was that did that open up more, or was that just a regular part of the journey? No, that was huge. That was the. Spot. That was like, literally, literally one day I was making. $600 a week doing comedy, and then the next week I was making 10 times that. Mm. So uh, it was Jay Moore still on that when you That were... was the first year Jay Moore was not on. Was not there. We had he... Anthony Clark as our host. Okay, because that... Are we wait, just... wait, but Jay was a host? No, Jay, Jay wasn't on it at all. He came on one of the shows, and di- he came on the final show and did a spot. Oh, he was. But he produ- didn't host. It. He was still producing. I think he was still a producer, name producer. He was the a show. name producer, but oh, he wasn't was, involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. I was and I remember curious. Anthony Clark was there, and he was. He loved us, but he hated shooting it. Mm. Wow, but that that that's that that so that did make a difference though. That really that was that was, that was like, the big change. Solidified me as a headliner too, because okay. like before that, I was the feature act, like that would open for Aries Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but then would headline Wednesday, Sunday, and then it was like that's what I'm trying to get in life. And that's and that's kind of a I mean it's a fine place to be but uh, you know when Aries or uh, Aries obviously had a different path but when I started you could be a headliner with no TV credits and work all the time in major clubs you, you couldn't if you were black uh, maybe no I'm telling you brother yeah. that's that's one of those internal conversations we black comedians always had with ourselves where we went. Most of the white clubs will not hire black comics unless they have TV credits, whereas they'll hire white boys with not a single credit. Yeah, but there are a couple. Like I know Billy D. Washington and a couple of those cats were working pretty steady. The big, the big time, uh, the, the improvs. I mean, but also this is at a time when there was three improvs. Like this is before Tampa opened. So he was the token then. Probably, like right. I was too young and naive to really read the room. But right. what I'm, what I'm, more the point is. And maybe it is just white folk, but like again, like you could be a headliner as long as you were funny, they would book you. And those right. times are fucking over. Yeah. Like, if you're not on TV, if you do not have a reason to get these people in the room, and right. there's only one man that works all the time that has no TV credits, and that's John Morgan. And oh that's no, me- no. Uh, who's the other popular one? Uh, Brian Regan. Brian Regan, but that's like. That's a he, he, that's whole different level. You're talking arenas. Right. He's been doing it for 30 years, right. and also has like one of the most iconic albums of all time. Right. Uh, people who don't know who Brian Regan is still know Moosin and all that shit. Right. Uh, and 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 again, that's an anomaly. I don't think that's something that could happen anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so, but yeah, it's and now my my point being is now if you want to headline clubs. You got to get your fucking ass on TV mm. or on YouTube or something. You have to have a reason for them to come in. I just, I see all these young comics go, I'm fucking funnier than these dudes. It's like, that's not what it's about. No, it's about selling tickets. This is a business. So- uh, Tracy Morgan, the first time I worked with him, cornered me one night and was like, what you got to understand about show business is that it's a business. It's show business and he said it 35 times in a row because he was drunk but and at the time i'm like okay tracy show business business. and like at the time i'm like okay tracy whatever but he's fucking right like these clubs are here to make money and you need to make them money and so you have to and that's why you always write you always 
you take every TV gig you can because it's it's all to build to get more asses in the seats. So was was the last comic standing? Obviously, you said that solidified you as the headliner. And I know you probably answered a lot of these questions before, but yeah. I'm, I want to do it for my own research reasons that I'm asking you this. No worries. The Comedy Central Presents that came after that, Did right? Did nothing. Did nothing for you because that's done. That, that medium is That kinda... was definitely the first moment where you were like, because I thought, I was like, oh, this will be a resurgence. Like, this will be just like Last Comic Standing, where the next day I'll get a call with a bunch of offers. And it wasn't. It was, my manager didn't even call me the day. <laughs> mm. So it was, it's it's Netflix or pretty much. Well, and that was, see, that was 2009. That was just when you realized, oh, this is the 13th season of Comedy Central Presents. Like, it's not what it used to be. It's not, I mean, it's still a feather in the cap, and I'm still really proud that I got to do it. But it's, it. Yeah, it, it did very little. Yeah, that's how I feel about uh, Montreal. Oh, yeah. You know, Montreal, once upon a time ago, you killed at Montreal Comedy Festival. You had something. Yeah. Now it's just a weekend for the managers and the agents to get together and get drunk. Yeah, it's just a party. Yeah. Like, it's just, let's all go do shows. And granted, that bar at the Hyatt, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a camp where yeah. you go and it's like... Uh. Oh, literally everyone's here. Oh, shit, David Allen Greer. Oh, shit, Jay Farrell. Oh, shit, fucking yeah. Louis C.K. Guys, you, you know. haven't seen in fucking, like, that's probably where I would have seen Aries. Yeah. You know, like, just like, oh, fuck, man, I haven't seen you in forever. And you sit down and you have a couple beers and you get drunk and it's fun. But that's all it is. Yeah. You're not leaving there with. So I'm working against myself going to New York because that's not TV. That's not going to get no, me. No, they shoot, I, you know, New York, you're going to, two things. You're going to become a much better stand-up comic. Uh, just because of the, the the level of yeah no, competition and just the amount of work you can get. And there's TV out there. There's plenty of TV out there. There is, but it's not like L.A. When L.A. is movies, TV, where yeah. it's like, you know, auditions. I mean, look, th- there's an ICM agency here. There's one there. There's a William Morris here. There's one there. Yeah. So if, if you got one of those agents, or you, even if it's not a big-time agency, you can still go out and get auditions yeah. for movies and TV. Because when I was living in New York, uh, I went out on auditions. But again, if we're talking about the Holy Land, the Mecca. Yeah, you're, we're this, here. This is it. This, this is, is it. it. People from New York have to move to L.A. to shoot shit a lot. Very rarely do people from L.A. have to go to New York to do right. stuff. It's just that L.A. already has a 50-year-old new comic. They have Dean Del Rey. I, I wanted you, to go you, to New York. You see, you, see, you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? What <laughs> yeah. he just did? You see the shit he just did? I just, he what, came up with a reason why, came, I mean, it, it, why he couldn't do it. An excuse. Yeah. Exactly. If you don't think there's a dude that looks like you in New York, then you haven't fucking been. No, no, there is. There is. a thousand But he's famous, them. so it, it's... Yeah. First off, Dean Del Rey... Is doing well. I don't know. No, if he's he is doing well. No, but he's doing well here. Yeah, he's made a mark for himself here. But also, you—it's not. Dean Del Rey isn't taking your spot. I, I get that. I was being smartass yeah. about being an, an old new comic. But I'm trying to help out yeah. the comics that are listening. Okay, you can move wherever the fuck you want to. Uh, you're moving to one of the two places you should. Like, I don't get comics that move from fucking Minneapolis to St. Louis. Like, I, that's a. It's a stupid move. Lateral move to... Yeah. You're moving up, so that's great. Uh, just like he said, you you may have to move here eventually. But if you do, it's a very good thing. Yeah, and, and, and if you do move here, <clears throat> whether you know somebody or you don't, uh, be prepared to take the hits. Yeah. It's like a, one of my favorite scenes in, in uh, Rocky Balboa is when Sly is talking to his, his you know, basically grown son. And he's telling him, you know, 
You know, and life ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. How hard you hit, keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And if you know what you're worth, go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's go, it's go, it can suck. It can really suck. Dude, in 2011, uh, the improvs called me and said, we're not booking you this year. Wow. Yeah. Just like that. Well, let me, let me tell you, let me tell you I, my normal spot in Philly that I've always done for what feels like five, six years now is helium. Yeah, and I do. And helium is starting to become a chain now. They they got, but they're not like the improv. They got one in Portland, Buffalo. one in St. Louis, one in Buffalo, one in yeah. Philly, and I think that's all they have. Yeah, um, but they're growing more. Yeah, they're trying to grow more. I, I was, and you know, usually around a certain amount of time, I know when my agent's supposed to call me and go, "We got the 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 helium offer." Yeah, I'm, I called my agent about a week ago, and I'm going, "Where's the offer from Philly?" So he goes, "The the manager said." Uh, We'll let Aries take a break from Aries for a year. And I'm just like, well, the only reason you would take a break is if business is poor. Yeah. You, you know, there's a major dip in the assets in the seats. I've been consistent every year, so why, why would he do that? So he goes, uh, you know, these guys get weird. Sometimes they just want to take a break. So long story short, he goes, but we got the offer to do uh, Punchline, uh, punchline in yeah. Philly. And I've never done that club. It's a fun so, club. So, so I get, okay, fuck it. Philly's Philly. As long yeah. as I can get my cheesesteaks from Geno's and Pat's, <laughs> I'm good. Um, but listen, I'm going to be honest. You know, it, it rubbed me wrong. So I said, well, that's fine. But you tell the owner that if I end up killing in, at Punchline, I'm not coming back. Yeah. So if he offers me, hey, we want to research. Nah, motherfucker. You yeah. left me alone at the dance. I got a new bitch. For sure. You know, so... Um, so yeah, that 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 shit. It's it's weird that that could happen. Yeah, but it happens. Like I've never done hilarities in Cleveland. I've always done the improv. I don't have a reason to switch over, but I'm curious. Yeah, just curious. It's so. uh, it's well. I mean, let's be honest. Cleveland improv's been a black room for quite some time. Yeah, and so like I always, I always did okay there, but they would book me like once every three years for good reason. And uh, so then I moved to Hilarities, and it's 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 top top five. Yeah, uh, it's an amazing club, but you know, who knows? Yeah. Uh, but my point is, is like like you said, you got to take the hits. Like 2011 was a fucking struggle after years of prosperity, and I didn't move home. I didn't give up. I just said I'm gonna let these motherfuckers know that I'm not going anywhere. And now I'm working forty to forty weekends, forty to forty four weekends a year, and it's just because it's like I work, and it was, and I worked, and I stuck around when the going got tough. You know, you heard what he said, folks. He said he was not leaving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm beating my chest doing the shit from Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm here, baby. Um, Chris, thank you, man. Thank you, guys. Uh, I had a blast, you, brother. Yeah, man. Uh, tell everybody where they can get more acquainted with you. Uh, my social media, Twitter and Instagram is I am Chris Porter, uh, and then uh, my comedy, my website's chrisportercomedy.com. I'll be at. Uh, I'm actually going to be at the Philly Punchline this weekend. This coming weekend. The well, oh, the next weekend. The weekend. Yeah, okay. yeah the weekend after this comes out. Okay. How, sure. how many? Day, how many dates? Just you doing? two. Uh, two nights. Friday, Saturday. Okay, how many four shows? shows? Four shows. Four shows. And and again, if if you guys want to get reacquainted with Chris's work, phenomenal comic, pick up Ugly and Angry, which is available where? 
Uh, all these are available on iTunes. Uh, Ugly and Angry is actually still available on that's Hulu. The f- that's his first album. Yeah. His second album is uh, Lost and Alone. And that's available on iTunes. And his third and latest album is called A Man from Canvas, Kansas. And that's available on... Uh, also iTunes. And, and it's real vinyl. And it, Well, yeah, so you, you can, can also both. buy them on vinyl. Yeah, but they're available on digital and everything. But the vinyl is cool because you have... Uh, I do, yeah, I do, spe- like, I do colored vinyls on the two, and then A Man from Kansas is a picture. I'm a big vinyl collector, so I always make them special. I like to think we have really hip people listening to our show and that they like vinyl. Now, yeah. Do you have, do you, do you, how, how big is your presence on social media? Uh, I got about 10,000 followers on okay, each. Okay, so... so um, you know, when we get the links or whatever, yeah, I'll put, I'll make sure you give yeah. them to yeah, Chris and for Chris sure. send them I'll out. Put them up. So, yeah, okay. Uh, and as always, y'all know me uh, on Instagram, Ari Spears, <clears throat> uh, Pandora's free, uh, Cameo, Patreon, YouTube, all that good shit. And where are we next week? Uh, well, you're in Greensboro, but then we're going to be in Addison. But they're going to hear this. Yeah. Gonna, oh, yeah, they're going to hear it afterwards in Addison. Yeah, so we're in Addison, Texas. And then we're going to be at Stand Up Live in Phoenix. Stand Up Live in Phoenix. Okay, so there it is. Uh, and to get to, to peep all the uh, show dates and shit, AriSpears.com. I'm out, y'all. I'm AndyComedy.com. You can get all my social media on the upper right-hand corner of my uh, webpage. Also, uh, I really appreciate the people who've been buying some of my T-shirts online. I really appreciate it because this move is going to cost. And uh, I thank you for that. Andy, you want to do some blow off my dick? (laughs) (laughs) See ya. What a great... Pussy ass, nickel.